your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Coming up at 7, we'll uh, get some more thoughts from Grant McCaslin about his basketball team. At uh, 645, it is this day in sports history. The Morning Drive on Double T 97.3. Got a good one today. There's, there's, it was a good day today. In history? In history. Oh, okay, good. Well, we can't. Looks like you're sitting on the edge of your seat, getting ready for. Yeah, it. I'm kind of ready for this. One. Okay, wow. <laughs> as I as I was putting this together, I went, "Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, that's a that's a good one." There's a lot of those this morning. All right, so don't uh, don't miss that at six forty five and some change here this morning. Uh, Big Twelve released the baseball poll, preseason baseball poll yesterday. Um, this is as uh, the coaches see it. Coaches were not permitted to vote for their for their own team. TCU one, Texas two, Oklahoma State three, Texas Tech four, and K State five. How'd you feel about that? Um, I expected the Red Raiders to be three. Um, I'm not up in arms over it. Okay. It, Did you think that uh, Tech and Oklahoma State would be flip flop? That it would be yeah, uh, TCU, Texas, mm-hmm. and then Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Or then Texas Tech, then Oklahoma State. Um, any of the newcomers surprise you? It looks like uh, Houston is ranked highest at 9. UCF is 10. Baylor is ranked at 11. And then BYU and Cincinnati are tied for 12. So in this particular case, uh, Baylor is the is the one that of the old, old guard is ranked the mm-hmm. lowest. Correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah, none of it really surprised me. I didn't expect the newcomers to be anywhere near the top. So, um, looking at D1 baseball yesterday, they project seven teams to make the NCAA tournament out of the Big 12. That was going to be my next yeah, question. So, that's, uh, that's, it shows that there is a little bit of depth there in the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's clearly some separation between those others. How, how many made it last year to the NCAA? Uh, Tech, Texas, TCU, West Virginia, K State missed out. Uh, Oklahoma State was in. So how many was that? Five. I think so. Yeah, I think it was just five. I don't. Yeah, I believe that's correct. No, TCU, Texas, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, West Virginia, West Virginia, Oklahoma did not make it right. I'm pretty sure they missed, and in Kansas State was like With, like right there was hosed. Yeah, right. Um, West Virginia uh, expected to be good again this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they have a new coach, right? I think it's the last year of Randy Maisie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the last year. I think it's his last this year. This is his last I think year. He announced this would be. And his then last they've year. got. They've already. Yeah. They've yeah. already. There's his number two is going to be the sure. replacement, right? Mm-hmm. And for him, it's more health related than anything else, isn't it? Or at yeah. least it seems to me. Yeah. Apparently, he had a back issue few years ago and the surgery did not go well he looks like he's in pain every second that he's walking out to the mound mm. yeah. yeah that's uh that's that's no good all right so uh if you have a comment on the preseason baseball poll you can hit us up on the yates warning center chat line go to double t 97 three com for that so i'm just seeing this article this morning 
And this involves uh, the K-State-Iowa State game uh, the other night at Hilton Coliseum. And Jerome Tang upset at behavior behind the bench. And it wasn't behavior because of verbal abuse towards himself or his players or anybody on his staff. But basically, he's worried about Iowa State spying on K-State. Interesting. Yeah. If you watched that game, K-State and Iowa State, and you saw when Jerome Tang got teed up with, I don't know, it feels like it was a couple minutes left in the game, and it was a terrible call by the officials. Um, there were fans, and they were kind of, the cameras were focused on Jerome Tang, and there were a couple adult grown men <laughs> fans that were heckling him. I mean, if you saw that, I mean, just like, hey, like make that a mental note to yourself. I don't ever want to look like those guys. Don't be like that. You know. Don't. I mean, I, you can like Jerome Tang or not like Jerome Tang, but these guys were. I mean, they were making the crying emo or gestures with their. How old are guys uh, were these? Oh, 50s, 60s. Oh, okay. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. Not not college students. Yeah. 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 They were and and. You know, and I mean, just grow. I mean, one of them had looked like your hair. I mean, I mean, getting in his sixties. I mean, and I'm like, oh, you look like such a fool, man. It's like go back and look at that and go, oh, I don't need to do that again, <laughs> dude. It's sports. Yeah, you know. So he he's he was concerned that Iowa State had placed this is according to the Kansas City Star. He was he's concerned that they were placing uh, managers or team representatives in spots behind the visiting bench where they could view and possibly even record uh, K-State as they huddled up during timeouts. Um, the K-State coaches were also worried that these observers were then passing information to the Iowa State bench through text messages. Uh, and apparently this explains why Tang walked to midcourt to inform the Iowa State coach, T.J. Otzenberger, of what he saw with seven minutes and 51 seconds remaining in the second half. They later had a follow-up conversation during the post-game handshake line. And Tang, toward, in both instances, pointed toward the far side of the arena and pointed into the stands behind the bench as to what he witnessed. Uh, apparently, Coach Otzenberger asked for a precise location, and both coaches made a similar gesture with their hands, perhaps in reference to cell phones. Apparently, neither coach was just overly upset, but Tang was concerned about what he saw. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if this is the case or not. Were there any trash cans involved? No trash cans. Um, he was asked if there was inappropriate language from... K-State, or, or I guess two K-State fans were, and they said, no, they were loud, they booed, and they had a few K-State chants, but nobody crossed the line. Apparently, Tang didn't have much of a comment afterwards. He said, I know you saw what you saw, but I'm not going to talk about it. I'm more than happy to talk about the game. TJ and I will go figure the other part of it out. But it sounds if, like the two of them are having a cordial yeah, conversation yeah. and wondering about it. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, the, before the, the second to last time out, um, he was talking to the lead official, Jerry Pollard, saying that case he was worried that K-State had, or Iowa State had people filming our huddle. His concerns didn't amount to anything, though. The game continued, and the Cyclones pulled yeah. away for a double-digit win. Yeah, it feels like it would be a really difficult thing to figure out in the middle of a game. Like, the refs have time to be watching people over in the crowd and what they're doing during commercial breaks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, he also... 
He also mentioned that Iowa State did so much advanced scouting that it, it knew most of K-State's offensive plays before they were coming, especially well, in the that, first half. There's nothing wrong with that. No, that's, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's just the way it is. Tip of the cap. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, and the scouting has gotten so specific and they spend, they spend so much time on it. I think, I think the last time I asked a Lady Raider uh, assistant about how much time he or she spent on a scout before a game, and it's, it's upwards of 40 hours. But they know to the point of what the what the callouts are. Like if the point guard calls out X, okay, that means it's this play, and they'll point that out to the players during a film session. And look, what 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 they're doing is no different than what any other um, a team is doing. But the other thing that they're able to do now is they're able to have video on their sideline, and then they can they can take that in the in, into um, uh, the locker room at the half. So they're 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 cutting up clips to be able to show them at the half, and you can show them right that you can you can look at things right there at the at the sideline now. So it's a little bit more elevated in terms of what you're able to do for your own team. But I would have to think it's it's awful hard. I mean, first of all, they're trying to coach their own team. I'm not saying that cheating doesn't happen or spying doesn't happen or that this possibly couldn't have happened. It's just it's awful hard to make that translation really really quick in a timeout. Yeah, no, I, I I don't think that that's fine. Um, again, I, it doesn't feel like Jerome Tang lost his mind over this or mm-hmm. anything. No, he pointed he it out and yeah, and kind of went on, and then they talked about it afterwards or whatever. Doesn't seem like he was belaboring the point. Uh, he apparently he even downplayed the situation when he was asked about it. He said nothing happened. We talked about a situation that took place during the game, and he said he would check into it. I told him thank you and went on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he didn't he didn't lose his mind, you know, accusing them um, uh, outwardly. And I'm I'm guessing this article is written because he's asked about it and and because of the conversation at midcourt and the conversation with the official. So it merited a story. Just just interesting that he hadn't really heard of anything like this before. But again, but does it seem unrealistic? No, no, not at all. Not at all. You know, it's probably something he's experienced with other teams and knows maybe what to look for. Maybe. You know, and maybe that's the first time he experienced that in the in the Big 12. 640 uh, this morning here on the Morning Drive. At this day in sports history, pay attention. It's coming up next. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Drive, time for this day in sports history. Today is January the 26th, twenty. 20- 24. Here is Jeff McGuire. Starting in 1951, Mel Ott and Jamie Foxx are elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Nine years later, in 1960, Oakland Raiders enter the American Football League. Mm-hmm. Did you say Jamie or Jimmy? I may have said Jamie. I meant Jimmy. <laughs> I clearly see Jimmy on here, and I know it's Jimmy Fox. I'm pretty sure he said Jamie Foxx. I'm pretty sure he said Jamie, Jamie Foxx, Fox too. Jimmy, th- Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> You're thinking J-I-M-M-I-E. Of- Jimmy. 1985. En route to edging out SMU to win the Southwest Conference, Tony Benford scores with five seconds left mm. as Texas Tech beats the number three Mustangs 64-63. to 63. That's an iconic game in Tech history. 1986, Super Bowl 20 in the Louisiana Superdome. 
Chicago Bears beat the New England Patriots 46-10. Richard Dent, Chicago defensive end, your MVP. And uh, Texas Tech um, had a punter on that uh, team as well. 1997, Australian Open on the men's tennis side. Pete Sampras wins his second and last Australian title, beating Carlos Moya of Spain, 6-2, In 2002, Andy Ellis scores 18 points, blocks four shots, and amasses seven assists and seven rebounds as Texas Tech upsets number six, Oklahoma, 92-79. to And in 2019, Davide Moretti scores a career-high 21 points. Jarrett Culver added four three-pointers to help lead number 14 Texas Tech to a 67-64 SEC Big 12 Challenge win over Arkansas. Mm. Yes, that Arkansas game that led on to a really nice run in the NCAA tournament. It's National Peanut Brittle Day. Feels like an odd time to have it, but I'm here for it. When would be the ideal Christmas time? Christmas December. time yeah. 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 That's when I think of peanut brittle. Uh, before we get to today's birthdays, tomorrow, big one. In fact, you might want to call it one of the biggest because that was his nickname. Big John McMillan, 26 tomorrow. Is he still pitching? Plays for your team. Well, I know, but it, I know he. I know he was signed by the Royals. I just didn't know if he was still on the roster. Uh, well, I mean, it's the off season, so. Okay. I mean, he made it to big league with your team last year, yeah. so. I assume, right, well. I assume that would be, um, uh, you know, a decision a decision made in spring training. I would. Yeah. Guess. yeah. T- today, Ellen, De- uh, Ellen DeGeneres is sixty six. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, 63, Vince Carter, 47, Dan Bailey, 36, and Bob Euchre, 89. And on this day, in 2006, during a live broadcast on her daytime TV talk show, Oprah Winfrey confronts author James Frey about his fabrications in a million little pieces, his memoir about addiction and recovery, which she chose as an Oprah's book club selection in September of 2005. It was not a non-fiction book. And this, that, is this dance sports history. Okay, it's a really weird one. It, it was a pretty big, like, if you were part of Oprah's book club, if you got a book mentioned there, you went from being something that some people read to a book that everybody read, mm. and he played it off as a memoir that this is what happened to me. And about like eighty percent of it was fabricated. So he lied about Big, it. Yeah, if he had called it a fiction book, it would have been a great story. But because he made it sound like it was an autobiography, everybody got upset. Okay, so uh, of all the things in history, which was the one that you were the most excited about? Was it the? Was it the? I uh, had three great wins for Texas okay, Tech that, basketball okay, in one just, day. I, said, I had which, John McMillan's I birthday today. I know. Okay. I had Bob Euchre, who's just a bit outside of 90 on his birthday today. Okay. I didn't know if there was one in particular that you were over the top about, if it was just a collective group. It was a collective. It was like a lot of combined things. Okay. All right. He's Uh, all upset because it was the Dead the Raiders showed up, but you know. No. Are you a big fan of the movie Major League? 
Yes. Okay. It's like the one time where the broadcaster overshadows the game. <laughs> so it should be your favorite movie of all time. Well, it's not my favorite movie of all time. So, because he's so awesome in that he movie. He is awesome in I that mean, movie. He's got so many amazingly great lines. There's no. I, I imagine the writers for it said, just say everything you've ever wanted to say mm-hmm. in a baseball game. Yeah, I, you wonder how much he got to help in the writing of was, that stuff. I think there was quite a bit of that by yeah. him. Yeah, he's... he. Must be quite a character. Just a bit outside. Oh yeah, he's and he, you know, he's he was, you know, quite the showman, right? You know, is it's his birthday? He's still alive. Yeah. Willie Mays Hayes. <laughs> I, I thought I thought all those guys, I thought all of that was really good. I, I, that makes him almost makes me the want to watch it. One hit line is my favorite one. One, one hit. hit. <laughs> Only got one. One blank hit. hit. That's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> ah, forget you about can't it. That. Ain't nobody listening. Nobody's anyway. listening. Yeah, he's got so many awesome ones. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. Post game show brought to you by. Well, <laughs> oh, I can't find it. Dynamite drop it, money. Yeah, that broadcasting school is really paying off. <laughs> <laughs> no, no question. And then you know Charlie Sheen, he's. Uh, it's pretty good in that movie as well. That's a, that's a fun, it's fun place, fun movie, no question. All right, six fifty one this morning here on the morning drive. Take your thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Um, just to clean one thing up, Maury Buford is the punter that was on the eighty five Bears. Mm-hmm. So he was a good one, and he uh, obviously played here at uh, Texas Tech, and that was the the old Super Bowl shuffle too. You know, with Walter Payton and Jim McMahon and. Steve Fuller and all the others. Are you missing one? Uh, well, sure. William Refrigerator okay. Perry. Yeah, the <laughs> star, probably the star of it, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to mention him, right? Yeah, you got to mention him. You know, and, uh, you know, the Patriots, uh, well, they just, they just, uh, they got just worked. And that was a, that was a Super Bowl leading up to it that Irving Fryer, remember him, the old Nebraska receiver, like mm-hmm. cut his hand chopping up meat or something and uh not that it affected the game but it, it did because he was he was their stud receiver and um it didn't uh didn't go so well for him uh in the super bowl and didn't go so well for the for the patriots obviously uh as well uh somebody writes in on the yates flooring center chat run i must be on the front row <laughs> <laughs> right and the the indians uh playing and the you know the guy beating the drum out in center field, and the whole the whole thing. It was it's too high, too high, too high. What do you mean too high? It, was, it didn't. It looked like it was too high. <laughs> it's a great movie. Great movie. Yeah, Major League Two is uh, usually those great movies that the the sequel doesn't doesn't live up. Although I want to say, is it Choice Woodman that is a big fan of Major League Two? What he has said, and this is where he puts Major League Two is as good as Major League One. It's not better, but it's not worse. It is a worthy sequel to the first one, and I will agree with that. You can't have Rube Baker and, you know, Serrano and uh, Tanaka all in the same movie and not have it be a good movie. Yeah, see, the the Major League Two did nothing for me, and it's just almost like... uh... 
Caddyshack 2 or ca- the follow Caddyshack 2 is terrible. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. No one says otherwise. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a Caddyshack 2. Yeah. Uh, somebody says this. I've seen a documentary on the movie and Euchre had very few scripted lines. The majority of it was ad-libbed. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Somebody else chimes in. Greatest team ever. The 85 Bears. Yeah. I mean, certainly defensively. That's what we always compare it to. Well, they're not the 85 Bears, right? Yeah, well, we talk about the defense. Right, when you talk yeah. about the defense. They're not the 85 Bears. Kind of like, you know, when a baseball team goes on a on a roll from a hitting standpoint. Well, they may not be the 27 Yankees, but they're pretty good. Six fifty-five this morning here. On the morning drive, we'll talk some hoops next. Is uh, We'll take... Uh, Texas Tech and uh, Oklahoma tomorrow from uh, Norman as uh, the Red Raiders try to continue their winning ways in Big 12 play. They've lost just one so far, so we'll see what happens Keep it going. tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Looking at how schedule's set up, most teams are getting their first true road test in conference play. So in the beginning, a lot of teams are still learning to deal with the crowds. <clears throat> this, I think it's going to be hard to win there. And to me, 64% seems like a toss-up. This, Chuck is acting like 64% is 94%. <laughs> this, go Red Raiders, Reco you. Yes, do that. <laughs> Uh, bullfighter, Chuck, go look outside. Your fog showed up. Okay, well, it wasn't foggy when I came to work. Uh, this, I believe that the Red Raiders should win Saturday if they play tough defense, but the threes have to go in. It'll be a good game. Okay, it'll be a good game. So maybe I'm off. Maybe I'm the one that's... Maybe I'm the one that's off a little bit. I don't think you're... I just think 64 is is not a major major deal like a major slap in the face or something um i I also you also would i I think the first texter was making a lot of sense with the road records and 12 and all Mm -hmm. that good stuff i Mm -hmm. mean so far this year you've won one game on the road and then as far as big 12 play goes you looked pretty bad in your other one yeah you want to give the opponent some credit for that Mm -hmm. but you didn't handle that well at all yeah losing to uh, Houston, seventy-seven to fifty-four. Uh, that was uh, that was last week, the seventeenth of January. Okay, all right. Uh, Grant Unfortunately, McCann. I feel like that texter just talked me into picking OU. <laughs> I, I, I like to tell you, Chuck, that I don't get swayed by talk, but I think I think that text has made a lot of sense. And I'm kind of like, oh man, yeah, road game in the Big Twelve. Those are tough. Those yeah. are those are not easy. So. I'm at a point where I'm like, and I told you, I'm like a toss-up. This one's really hard for me to pick. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of feeling like, um, eh, I don't know, maybe I should lean towards OU. I think turnover is going to be a big factor in this ball game. The Red Raiders turn it over almost almost four times less than their opponents in Big 12 play. And Oklahoma turns it over three times more than their opponents in okay. Big 12 play. That's a stat I like. So... I think that could be. Uh, I think that could be a factor. Oklahoma's. Does uh, when you back to picking tech. I, <laughs> I see. I feel like that. 
Um, there's nothing I could say to Jamie that would. No, I think that was a good stat. That, okay. was, that was a good one. I, I, I feel much better than with that stat than mm-hmm. the other one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm a big fan of teams that take care of the basketball. I'm I'm a I'm a fan of the discipline. Tech also steals it about six times a game, and Oklahoma's at about five, and they give up six point three. So yeah, I, mean, it's, it's, I think steals is one of the most overrated stats in do basketball. You? Yeah. Okay. All right. uh, Grant McCaslin has uh, this. He is uh, the head coach of the Red Raiders. Here's his scouting report on Oklahoma. You know, I mean, when you talk about the Big 12 and great teams, you talk about great guard play, and they've got great guard play. There's, they're really skilled in the middle of the floor at creating offense. Obviously, McCollum being a guy that you got to key on and find a way to limit his great looks. I mean, he makes them. And he puts you in a lot of uh, difficult situations. Uzan, just from a team standpoint, keeps great flow, and, and he's got great guard play. Javian McCullum uh, averages fourteen and a half points a ball game in Big Twelve play. He's their leading three-point shooter. He's eleven of thirty-six, though, at thirty-one percent. So it's not like he's just lighting it up. They uh, they shoot as a team 31%, but their three-point defense in Big 12 plays at about 29%. And uh, and their leading rebounder is Jalon Moore, and I think that's something that they're concerned about uh, just just from a, an offensive rebound. They they out-rebound their opponents by, by just two uh, in Big 12 play. So that's that's a little bit of a con- – if you're Oklahoma, who are you concerned about? You're concerned about Pop Isaacs, right? You're concerned about Warren Washington. You're concerned about – Joe Toussaint, what those three can do against you? Well, first and foremost, I, I mean, everything you just said was was accurate in those three guys. But first and foremost, for me, uh, I'm talking about limiting Joe Toussaint's um, penetration because that's where it all gets going, whether it's him finishing near the basket or it's him tossing lobs to, to Washington or it's him kicking out to uh, the great shooters that the Red Raiders have. So that's first and foremost for me. If I'm defending the Red Raiders, I'm like, control Joe Toussaint. Keep him out of the lane. Keep uh, Avoid his dribble drive penetration. That, that to me, is is number one against the Red Raiders. He, he, Hopefully Coach, Oklahoma's not listening. Right. I mean, if they right. get you and I, you know, our scouting report, you mm-hmm. know, they'd be like, man, well, we, we, get, we got the secrets to Fort Knox or whatever yeah. now. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> he he talked about, and I, I think it was a a comment that uh, Jeff had in his sports center about how he was concerned about their offensive rebounding. Um, and they are being out-rebounded by their opponents in Big 12 play by 21. But when you consider that you're shooting 47% from the field, okay, and you're shooting 40% from beyond the arc, it's it's understandable how you could still be out rebounded, you know, from an offensive standpoint because it could be long rebounds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I guess he's, you know, I guess, but he but he doesn't want probably doesn't want that to continue because that is, I don't know if it's alarming, but that is a big number. Yeah, uh, tw- sure. Twenty one more by your opponent. It's also not surprising, right? Because you don't have the big height, right? right. Yeah. Well, you just have one guy. Yeah. And he. And your your one guy, um, Warren Washington, has nine offensive rebounds, and um, Darion Williams he has eight offensive rebounds, and you know Washington's got 
32 in Big 12 play. He averages 6.4 rebounds a contest. Uh, but I feel like that he's he's a guy that's been improving. We've talked about the team improving game to game to game to game to game. I feel like he's a guy that has also improved game to game to game to game to game. You know, if it, if you look, would you say from like game one to where we are today? We're talking about Warren. Yeah, would he be the would he be the most improved? I would, I would say that he's definitely played better in Big Twelve play than he has uh, in non conference play. Mm-hmm. Where it kind of felt like he was quiet. There were some flashes of of really good stuff, but I felt like he was a bit more quiet. Yeah, uh, he's played better. Um, he's been forced to with the injury to Cambridge. He, you kind of needed him to to step it up a little bit, and that's. Uh, I feel like he's not the only one that has, but he, it does feel like he's he's picked up his game a bit. Made a big improvement. Yeah. So I would. I, I mean, you might be right in saying if you were talking about the most improved since the beginning of the season. Um, you might you might you might go with him. Yeah, I mean, I realize that you know Pop's playing better and and Joe Tucson's playing better. Yeah, but Pop's those, definitely shooting a lot better than he did at the beginning of the, the season. At the beginning, but just yeah. in terms of overall play and kind of the the mold of clay, it might be Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last thing from Coach McCaslin. Here's him. I on would the, say Kerwin Walton would be in the mix as well in okay. that category. Okay. Here is uh, McCaslin on the Big Twelve mindset that they have. I think it's it's funny how you look at schedules. You just look at it and you go, man, if we could just win this one. Man, if we could just – well, I think that's going to be all 18 of them. So it's not going to be that complicated in our league. I mean, everybody looks at it like that every night. There's no way you can look at anything and go like, hey, this is going to work out for us if we just get this. No, nah, I just – honestly, you better be about uh, processing, getting better every day. And so if I told you this game was more important than the other, I'd be lying. I mean, I think this is as important as it gets and every game's as important as it gets and you better approach it that way or you'll be looking up at the standings as opposed to the other way around. Yeah, we want to be looking down at the standings, right? <laughs> <laughs> we want to look down. Because right now you are. You're 4-1 yeah. and one in, in Big 12 play. Was, keep winning. That was Coach Speak at its best, and he was 1,000% accurate on <laughs> everything he said. Right, right, yeah. right. Uh, we got to treat everyone like it's the biggest game, uh-huh. you know, because they're all big. They all count the same. And right now we got one on the schedule in front of us. It's the only one we can win tomorrow. So we got to treat that one like it's our Super Bowl. Without question, though, it does feel like Tuesday we'll have another Super Bowl (laughs) or Wednesday, whatever it is next week. You know, you feel like the more you can win on the road, obviously, the better off that you are. You know, you hold serve as best you can at home. But, man, winning those road games, just become absolutely huge uh, in Big 12 play. And if you can can win more than you lose, man, then you're – You've done something. Obviously, right now you're one and one, and um, this is one you'd certainly love to have tomorrow. As uh, Tech takes on Oklahoma, the uh, tip at one, our coverage at noon here on Double T 97.3. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. All right, pretty simple question here. I want you to tell me uh, how many teams are going to make it to the NCAA tournament out of the Big 12 Conference and who are the teams that are going to get left out? Oh, okay. Who are the teams that are going to get left out of the NCAA basketball tournament, which is, it'll be here before we uh, before we know it. All right, I, I think... Uh, I think the givens are this. Uh, I'll count as we go here. Texas Tech, Iowa State, Houston, Kansas, Kansas State, 
Baylor, Texas, and I'm torn between Oklahoma and BYU. I'm going to say Oklahoma, and I'll throw in BYU. I'll say nine. Okay, who's not getting in? Okay, so who's not getting in? Uh, UCF, TCU, Cincinnati, um, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. West Virginia, Oklahoma State, right. There you go. There's your 14. Okay, so Oklahoma State not making the tournament. I, I think that's, I'm going to go the other way on this because I think it's going to be easier. West Virginia not making the tournament. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati, BYU are kind of in that range where I think I don't know that they're going to make the big tournament, but they make the NIT. Like, I could kind of see that going where those two fall. Um, I'm really making a case for 10 right now in the big Oh, tournament. wow. Okay. So, every, you know, Texas, TCU, Oklahoma, Baylor, Kansas State, Iowa State, Kansas, Houston, Tech, all making the tournament. And that makes me sound insane. But you have to look at how tough this is conferences and that's got to earn some respect when your losses are to each other and everybody is so tight that you've got quality teams at the top with what we perceive as Baylor uh, Kansas and um, Houston and then everybody's still right there that that's got to trickle down for what everybody else can bring for the tournament okay so who's who's out Oklahoma State, West Virginia, BYU, and UCF out of the four-letter tournament. Mm -hmm. I could see two of those teams making the end. So you're going to stick with your 10. Okay, Jamie? I think I'm exact exactly with Chuck. I feel like Oklahoma, TCU, BYU, two of those three are going to get in. If it's all three, the answer is 10. But if it's two out of three... OU, TCU, and BYU. Um, I feel like it's 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 going to end up being nine, like Chuck said, with the same ones out. And I probably can't, or excuse me, TCU is the one that I feel like might be the odd man out. But man, <laughs> I think BYU is going to win tomorrow against Texas. And I wouldn't be shocked if Oklahoma beat the Red Raiders. So how much does that completely change after tomorrow? Mm -hmm. My opinion on this change after tomorrow. Uh, I think we can do this exercise every Monday or every Friday. <laughs> Friday right. And uh, we'll have different answers. And that's what's fun about this, this league. But, man, I... Again, I, I think nine is definitely a possibility. I don't think you have to stop at eight. Uh, I, I'm, and I'm not saying 10 is crazy talk. I think we can all assume Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Cincinnati, and UCF are not going to make it. But, I mean, shoot, UCF's three and three with two. I mean, Two big wins. wins. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sitting here at Poo Poo and TCU, and they beat Houston, who pounded you. And I know, home, away, those things all factor in. But, man, I, I just give me lots of coins to toss up in the air and because mm -hmm. this is this is going to be interesting. And there's probably going to be a Big 12 team. 
um, on the outside looking in, you know, first four out. There might be a Big 12 team playing in the silly playing games. Um, silly playing games. You, you disagree? You like the Tuesday, Wednesday? Not really. Okay. I just I like those more than the one versus uh, sixteen matchups because those are at least competitive games. I don't know those ones versus sixteen have become pretty competitive here recently. I don't. I don't. I don't understand. I, I don't understand why if it's the little play in why I don't understand why it's not a sixteen and a fifteen playing each other. If you want to give me four of those matchups. And the winner gets to move on to play the number one seed. I'll take it. But why in the world would a number ten be playing? Well, you've got two tens playing each other for the ten. Like that's that's two bubble teams that are okay. Are, well, are you're saying that. clearly that they're better than the sixteen seed, mm, yeah. but yet they have to play an extra game because the sixteen seed's an automatic bid. Okay, well, that's a ma- that's a, they made the tournament playing the little playing thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's playing the little play in It's thing. a field of sixty-eight. Why should two tens have to play and not a sixteen? Mm-hmm. Because they're worse. You're rewarded for being worse. You don't have to play this game. I don't. That's a the dumbest concept ever. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think I'd rather I'd rather see I'd rather see the four six. I'd rather see the teams compete for the sixteen seeds. Sixteen and fifteens. Yeah. have at it. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. However yeah. that works, right? Yeah, I know. Whatever it is, yeah. I don't know. But it's still, the bottom line is, the four, don't even seed them. Those four teams compete yeah. for the 16 Six seeds. seeds. Exactly. The, the last the last four in, or the yeah. last eight in, or however you want to do it, Yep. Um, compete for the, yep. the 16 the sixteen seeds. Yeah. yeah. That, that, would, that, that would make more sense than trying to figure out why tens somebody or, you have know, to play. Because the playing. tens then would have to win seven games to win a championship. Yeah. And if we're to led to believe on the parity of how close everybody is, then you know the tens and the eights and the sevens and you know are all kind of right there to right there together. And while there have been some more entertaining one versus sixteen games, I still would agree with Jeff that yeah. there are more on those Tuesday and Wednesday night that are closer than the yeah. one versus sixteen. But it would it would make it compelling. It would make those games compelling. Those first four games, it would make them compelling to, because. Okay, you got these, you know, the last last four in or the last eight or whatever the number is, um, you know, that would be like, okay, well, these are the, you know, all you guys that were crying about, you know, Saskatchewan State that didn't make it in, you know, here's your chance, right? Man, that's where I should have went to school. <laughs> Saskatchewan State. I want to go to Sasquatch State. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, this uh, from the... Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, exactly, JL. 16-17, play yes, to play. 16-17, not 16-15. Play to play the one seed. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's such a... It just makes no sense that the yeah. better teams have to play it than the worst teams. Yeah. Uh, somebody says this. Why is Tech such a lock for y'all? Well, they're a lock right now just because of how well they're playing. Uh, I mean, they're, could, a, they're a lock for me because if I'm looking at 10 getting in, Tech is in the top six at worst in the Big 12. That's why they're a lock. Mm-hmm. No, they're off to a great start. I mean, there's there's nothing to say that. And that's why, I mean, yesterday I, I when Chuck was, was talking about, the, okay, if you're going to get 13 wins, who are going to be the five losses? And I'm like, 13 well, is a huge, massive number. And you said... 
dream a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's three or four beers and some NyQuil <laughs> mixed together. I mean, 13 is a lot. Right. Okay. And yeah. it would not shock me for it, you to end up at, like, I don't know, a nine to nine, you know, mm-hmm. which would be compared to where the way you've started. Be a disappointment at this point in time. You, I don't know. They'll be disappointed. You go nine and nine in the Big Twelve. That's yeah. a decent season. Uh, yeah, but yeah. it's like, it's it's not on the trajectory that you're on right now. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. But but still, nine and nine in this conference is really good, especially when you started the year with so many new players and yeah. new coaching staff and all the, the above. So, mm-hmm. so if if you end up going five and eight the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm going to be disappointed by any stretches. This, it looks like uh, Vegas has Oklahoma favored by a couple of points. I'm unemotionally taking tech. At least that's what I'm telling myself. (laughs) (laughs) Good good for you. Good for you. All right. It's 740. The Boom 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 is next. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie Litt and Jeff McGuire and Chuck Hines would come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio. Look forward to hearing from you and some of you have weighed in on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. It is a Basketball Friday presented by Abundance Energy. All right, so kind of the uh, the old PBS government television and radio, they have a point, counterpoint. Okay. No, not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. Um, so you're angry because they're not listing the losses on their on their stats on the website. Yeah, right? I'm. 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 Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm. Like those I'm games. Disjointed. Didn't... Yeah. I'm just. This, this dis- has become. Um, here's what I'm hearing. Okay. Uh, for Chuck, I'm going to use a new term here. Okay. okay. This has become Chuck's Roman Empire. <laughs> okay. Right. We learned that that means like your obsession. Right. Oh, I, and I'm going to go back. Okay. I'm going to go back to last baseball season. Uh-huh. Okay. With my frustration over the fact that Brandon Beckel, who is a reliever, got the same amount for an ejection that a starting pitcher or position player would get, which seemed ludicrous to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Seemed ludicrous. Uh, his punishment was far worse than it would have been if he was a starting pitcher. Okay. Yeah. Right, because ultimately he could have been used in a bunch of games and mm-hmm. or two or three games, and, and you know, whereas a starter pitcher just pitches once or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and that really affected the Red Raiders. So, and I feel like I had the same like frustration, anger to the point now where I don't care what sport it is, it, it just the the words Oklahoma State make me want to spit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hate everything about the place. I don't care what sport it is. Usually I can separate my sports. Yeah. Not anymore. Okay. I hate everything Oklahoma State. Okay. <laughs> all of it. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it's because of their head coach and because of how that was all all hand, all went down. Mm-hmm. And we all know it was partly on Brandon Beckel, too. That's the first and foremost. He has but a the, share in this. Yes, but the whole thing was just chicken spit, and it just drove me nuts. Okay? So... I'm not telling you you're crazy for being frustrated by mm-hmm. this. I, I think there's a lot of different things that that 
I just don't understand about it. I don't understand why TCU was never made to really tell us, okay, where are these missing players? Mm-hmm. I don't understand why that those questions were never asked. Um, or they... Or I, answered. Yeah, or answered, right. Force them to answer them. Um, I don't care that much about what they list on their stat sheet and not. As long as it officially shows losses, um, that's great. It's probably an ego thing or a recruiting thing. Uh, that they don't um, list them on the stat sheet or whatever, which is just silly, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really hope that the NCAA tournament committee takes this into account when mm-hmm. they're either deciding whether TCU should get in or seeding TCU. TCU. Um, I, I, I think that needs to be taken into account, absolutely. Uh, and I also hope that the Big 12 Conference this off season decides we need to change this. Yeah. Okay. It's going to we. You cannot have in a Power Five conference teams forfeiting games because they don't have enough players. Meanwhile, they have girls on their bench that they're redshirting. You can make rules NCAA that say if in this instance you apply and tell ahead of time, hey, we're only down to six. We got to use these two girls for two games. But we want them to be redshirt. I'm sh- as much as the NCAA gives back years. You mean to tell me they wouldn't have given those two redshirts a couple of years back? Yeah. Surely they would have one for each. I don't mean two for each of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, surely they would have. Okay, this has got to get figured out by the NCAA and the Big Twelve in the offseason. And they, you cannot be forfeiting games in a Power Five conference. Right, it just cannot happen. Yeah. unless we're in like an era of COVID. And we're not. Okay, and even so in the era just, of COVID. It just can't happen. Yeah. Now, my biggest frustration is what I told you the other day is that, you know, now we're celebrating them because they came back to play. Yes. And won a game. It's like this red bag, this badge of courage, you know. Yes, that just frustrates me to no end. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I get, I mean, you're obviously very tied into the Lady Raiders, and I, and I get that there would be frustration with the other teams and coaches across the conference. I get that Iowa State lost a home game, and you know that was probably really frustrating to them. Um, I, I just I think it's got to that you got to make it count on their overall record too. You got to make it hurt their um, their net ranking. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of that. Their chances to make the NCAA tournament. All of that. It's it's got to factor in. You got to make it embarrassing for them. That, and and that's that's part of it too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely have to. Now, I, I mean, it, I mean, it is what it is. You kind of, I, unfortunately, I feel like TCU women's basketball right now is occupying too much time in your head. Probably so. Okay, like I want you to just have like a little seance and you know, and just maybe, maybe talk to the big guy upstairs and ask for peace a little bit in this whole thing, so you can get back to your life. Okay. okay. <laughs> But here's the thing, the, like if you look at the ESPN standings, they list TCU's Big Twelve record at two and six. You look at their stat sheet, they list themselves their record at two and four. It, it, they like they make sure that it's like these games never happened, that, which that's they didn't. Just silly on their part, but whatever. Yeah. Now, what I'm really the most bothered by on all this is that because, and then hearing other things that Chuck has said this week. I'm now scared that he's really worried they're gonna we're gonna lose this game. I hope not. <laughs> and so I'm now really nervous about beating this six man crew on yeah. Saturday. No, yeah, seven, but yeah, you're yeah, okay. right. No, I mean, this, they got to come out and 
They got to come out and play with hair on he fire. He has me here. nervous, okay? <laughs> they have, somebody says this on their website. They have them listed as two and six. Well, I mean, on their stat sheet, on their, on their, on their stat sheet, conference games only, they list themselves as two and four. Yeah, it, it may be just, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be the devil's advocate, mm-hmm. advocate guy, but it may be as simple as the sophomore does not allow software. Excuse me, does not sophomore software does not allow Probably. you to put two losses in that don't exist. Maybe well, two me, games, whether it be one, wins or losses. One nothing would be the would be the would be the I, would be the final score. Okay, well, who gets the point? I mean, who? You know, I mean, this, what's the plus case, minus for who's which players were on the court? For Iowa State and K State, you know. But you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it no, may I, be the I, software yeah, that doesn't allow you to sure. just add two losses sure. when they're not actually in there. Sure. Maybe as simple as that. Sure. I I, I have all of the questions that you have. I do. Here's the thing that bo- the thing that bothers me the most is they chose not to compete and they and they quit. And when we're trying to teach our kids something, whether they're uh, kindergartners or sixth graders or high school kids or college kids and that in life there is the bitter and the sweet and they they chose not to uh, embrace their adversity and to try to overcome it and fight themselves out of the foxhole and 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 me personally I always get frustrated when people that have talent don't use that talent with whatever it is whether it's a singing talent or an athletic talent or they just waste that talent and they don't use that talent and because there's plenty of people that would love to have their talent and work their tails off to get to that level but somebody that has just the god-given talent they don't use it and that's what frustrates me about this more than anything else is that they chose to quit and not compete as opposed to, hey, you know what? It's us against the world. Nobody thinks we can win. Yeah, let's it would have been let's, a good let's, story let's, then. Let's, 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 go, let's go see if we can go ahead and beat K-State, even though there's, they're yeah. not going to give us a snowball's hell and chance of winning. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would inter- we could interview the players and see if they wanted to play those games. I bet you, know, you some those, of them did. The six, right? I bet Especially you some that of them did. sixth man that probably doesn't play that much. I bet you there's some. I bet I, you, yeah, right. I, I know my my daughter's team is down mm-hmm. to seven for tonight, and as much as she hates that some of her teammates are no longer with them, uh, she's excited about the playing time. <laughs> <laughs> so I bet those I bet those six girls would have felt the same way. All right, I'll try to get this out of my head. We're gonna. Well, this has been the Morning Drive podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T ninety seven three podcasts at double t ninety seven three dot com.